Welcome to Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. We're glad you've joined us. Well, good evening again. We are glad you are here. Psalms 17.6 says this, I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. One of the most important nights of our week is our prayer and worship service. That whenever we get to this point in understanding of our discipline of prayer, our lives and our trajectory can forever change. So tonight we're going to be looking at this uh, prayer where prayer drastically changes someone's life and brings great comfort. So join me, Genesis chapter 24, verses 61 through 67. I want to encourage you to pull out your notes because if you read, if you write, and you recite, you're better to retain what we discussed this evening. So here we go, Genesis chapter 24, verses 61 through 67. This is one of the most unique stories. I believe that's in the Bible. Then Rebekah and her servant girls mounted the camels and followed the man. So Abraham's servant took Rebekah and went on his way. Meanwhile, Isaac, who was home in Negev, had returned from Birlaharoi. Man, that's a word for you. One evening, as he was walking and meditating in the fields, he looked up and saw the camels coming. When Rebekah looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted her camel. Who is that man walking through the fields to meet us? She asked the servant, and he replied, it is my master. So Rebekah covered her face with her veil. Then the servant told Isaac everything he had done, and Isaac brought Rebekah into his mother's Sarah's tent. And she became his wife, and he loved her deeply, and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. I know what you're probably thinking right there, if this is the first time you read Genesis 24, that's pretty unique, going into mom's tent. But what we see is Isaac is in this place of, uh, of hurt, of pain, but comfort is brought to him and comfort is brought to him in a very unique way. Tonight's big idea that I want to talk to you about, that I want you to capture is this, your actions and prayers bring comfort to others. Your actions and prayers bring comfort to others. If you know it or not, when you're praying, you are bringing comfort to those you are praying for. You might not see the ramifications, you might not see the end product, but you are bringing a comfort in ways someone can't even imagine. The Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. For all believers everywhere. He continues in 1 Timothy Chapter 2, verse 1, I urge you first of all to pray for all people. Ask God to help them and intercede on their behalf and give thanks. We live in a time, and I've said it in our prayer time, I've said it through and through again, that people are in need of comfort. People are in need of prayer. People are in need of knowing that they are valid, that they have purpose, that there is a hope, that there is a faith that they can rely on. As a church, as a collective unit, when we come together and when we pray, we are bringing that comfort. I mean, we've talked about and we prayed about Hurricane Ida. People need 
comfort there. We'd look at Afghanistan, and you can't even turn on the news, you can't even turn on the radio, you can't even open your social media accounts without seeing something about the, the turmoil there. We look at the divide in our nation from racial tension to the political climate. People are in need comfort of what's real, what can we grasp, what, what can we play in our heart, place in our heart that's truth. Tonight, I want to talk to you about this big idea, and I can't say it enough, but your actions in prayer bring comfort to others. Let's pray before we go any further. God, we give you this time. We say thank you. We worship you. We praise you. And as we look at your word, may we apply it to our lives. In your great and holy name, we all say amen. Have you ever had a long night? Have you ever had a long night? You know, like one of those sleepless nights where you're really tired the next day, right? I actually had a long night the other day. It was Saturday. Now, Saturday gets pretty long for me, or Sundays are long days for me. It's a, it's a busy day for a pastor, if you can maybe imagine. So Saturday night, my uh, three-year-old decides to get up in the middle of the night, 12.30 a.m. I remember clear as day, the little clock, on my, and he's crying, Dad, I'm scared. Dad, I'm scared. So I go up to his room, lay next to him. takes an hour to go to sleep. Go back downstairs, go to my room, and then four o'clock comes. I see the TV click on outside in the living room. My five-year-old is watching cartoons. I come out the door. I'm like, son, what are you doing? Dad, I'm watching cartoons. It's 4 a.m. So then I send him back up to room, okay? So Sunday's coming. Sunday morning is coming. Sunday morning for us is a 5.30 a.m. start time. So then we also have this new addition to our house, and it's this little cute one-month-year-old, one-month-old baby Blakely. And if you can imagine having a newborn in your life, that can be a little, that can, that can keep you up a little bit. So it was a long night. Great night, but long night, because I'm very thankful for those individuals in my life. The next day comes, and it's Sunday. And I know it was a long night, because it was highlighted to me this way. A lady sees me in the lobby, and she goes, what's wrong? You need a smile. I was like, oh man, I know it was a long night. The, 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 the look was on my face, and we had a meeting, and I come home. And when I come home, my wife is at home, she's taking care of our, our little one, and, and America's team was playing at 4 p.m. that day, that afternoon. The Cincinnati Bengals, okay? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I come home and I'm tired. She sees it on my face. Long night before, long 15 hours. I'm not complaining. It's just a long day. Come home and she has all my kids dressed in their Cincinnati Bengals gear ready for the game. So I'm like, yes, you know, she has the spread out. She's got the little smokies, the chips, the dip. She got the potato skins and what she did right there spoke volumes in my heart and my mind. She brought comfort through her actions. She, she knew, in a sense, what I needed. And it was such an uplifting moment that afternoon. And that leads us into our first point this evening is this. Three keys to bringing comfort is this. We need to listen to what is commissioned. Listen to what is commissioned. Listening means hearing and doing. Listening means hearing and applying. Listening isn't just saying, I'm, I'm tuning into the 
audio. Listening is saying that I'm going to tune into the audio and then I'm going to apply it in my life. I'm going to do it. It's going to be followed with action. It's hearing and helping the need. So in Genesis 24, we see comfort is brought because it has started with obedience. A servant was obedient. So Genesis 24, 1 through 9. Abraham was now a very old man. And the Lord had blessed him in every way. One day Abraham said to his oldest servant. Now this guy is named by the name of Eliezer. We know this in Exodus 15. And the man charge of his household. If he didn't have a son, Abraham, his estate was going to this servant. He said this, household, take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. Okay? It's kind of interesting right there. I actually asked Pastor Steve Anderson to come forward and illustrate this with me, but he said no. He's not cool with the whole thigh thing. And so he says, swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife for my son Isaac. The servant asked, but what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to travel so far from home? Should I then take Isaac there to live among uh, your relatives in the land you came from? Abraham responded, he says, be careful never to take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house in my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants. He will send his angel ahead of you, and he will see to it that you will find a wife for my son. If she is willing, unwilling to come back, then you are set free from your oath of mine. But under no circumstances, you are to take my son there. This is Abraham stressing that to his servant. So the servant took the oath by putting his hand under the thigh of his master. And the reason so is because a thigh is a very tender, intimate, real, vulnerable position. So in this Eastern time, it was a moment of, I'm receiving what you're saying, master. That's why he did it. So Abraham, he swore to follow Abraham's instructions. Now the servant was obedient to his master. Now we need to start there. Anytime we see prayer come into Scripture, prayer that's answered in Scripture throughout the Old Testament begins with a fundamental principle. We talked about it last year, obedience. It talks about this idea. If you want God to work in your life, if you want power of prayer to be present in your life, it begins with obedience. And I'm not very good at this uh, as far as trying to sugarcoat things. I'm, I'm more of a direct personality. But sometimes, actually most times, when we don't see the, the fruit of our prayer happening, where our, we're praying and it feels flat or it's, it's not moving the, the needle anywhere, it goes back to this idea of obedience, this understanding of obedience. I coach young people all the time. Whenever we say obedience, it's this thing, let's, let's live together before we get married. Let's explore that. Scripture is very clear on the process, the ideal of that relationship. So what happens is we'll have a, a moment, what will, Pastor Blake, I'm praying, and th- there will be those moments when obedience is prevalent, it comes to the surface in people's lives. 
where it's not in tune with God's Word. See, if we're not in tune with God's Word, then we're putting a cap in the limit and the power of prayer in our lives. So I want to encourage you, maybe you have an area in your life that you know that's glaring right in front of you. Is it lined up with God's Word? Like you're saying, hey, I want, I want the power of prayer to be so unleashed in my life. What's God's Word saying? We have to start there because the master right here, Eliezer, he says, okay, master, you tell me to go. You're commissioning me. You're asking me. You're demanding me. I'm going to go. He's obedient. Prayer in our life, bringing comfort to others is listening to what is commissioned. It is listening to what is asked. Oftentimes when it comes to helping others, We ourselves, when we are asked to help, have our own idea of of helping. We have our own uh, 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 perception of helping. When really the first thing we need to ask is this, how can I actually meet your need? See, when you look in through the scripture and you see Eliezer, he's responding to his master. Abraham, he's old, he's filled with anxiety. God promised him a nation, and his son doesn't even have a wife, and he's about to die. His servant listened to what was commissioned, and he did. And then we have Isaac. So there's two prominent parties. We have Abraham and Isaac. Isaac, this this single man, his father's in his last years, and It's contingent on this servant, and the servant begins with obedience, and then Isaac is there. The future of God's people is contingent on obedience. Comfort in these lives is beginning with obedience. Eliezer is living out what Paul promised or wrote in Galatians chapter 6 when he says this, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. If you notice throughout chapter 24, Eliezer's name is never mentioned but as a servant. We only know this because of Exodus 15. This whole love story is no, this man's known as a servant. It's being a posture of helping someone. Bringing comfort to someone is saying, how can I serve you? What need do you have? Number, number two for us when it comes to the key to bringing comfort is this. We need to pray specifically, but live with flexibility. Pray specifically, but live with flexibility. I believe prayer should be pacific, specific but the method to answering those prayers is God's mission. See, a lot of times we, we grip life, we grip our prayers, and we're saying, hey, I want to pray this method, and I want it to happen this way. Well, God's ways are different than our ways. God's thinking is different than our thinking. He might work in a way we can't even imagine. I would say a lot of times we pray specifically, but we don't want to move with flexibility. See Genesis 24, verses 10 through 16, and I want to skip down to verse 12, and it says this. This is the beginning of his prayer, and he goes, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, this servant is praying. Please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master, Abraham. See, I am standing here besides the spring, and the young women of the town are coming to draw water. 
This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink and I will water your camels too, let her be the one that you have selected as Isaac's wife. So the servant gives this specific prayer to God. If she comes, she has the jug, she has water, she offers me a drink and then offers my camels, she's the one. That's pretty unique, that's pretty specific. This is how I will know that I have shown unfailing love to my master. And then I love verse 15. Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, and who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Milcah. Rebecca was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she still was, still was a virgin, and she went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. See, verse 15, he wasn't even done praying, and yet had to remain flexible. I think a lot of times, when it comes to bringing comfort to people, when it comes to saying, how can I be successful in the way that my master's commanded and done is we pray and we lock in our thoughts. We kind of zoom in on our focus and we come pretty narrow in how God can operate, how God can move. This past Sunday, Pastor Goss, he talked about the Holy Spirit's influence. He talked about how there's moments when the Holy Spirit will move us in a different way. Who influences us? As a a Christian, a follower of Jesus, we have to come into the posture open-handed. We have to come into God. God, I'm open-handed. You will place whatever you have for me in my hand, and you'll take whatever you have away from me. We can't be holding white knuckle, tight gripped, and oh no, I'm praying this way, but God, you're delivering and moving this way? See, right here, before he had finished praying, can you imagine if he's like, no, God, I got to continue my prayer. I got to be ritualistic. I got to be down here on my knees. And I'm just going to continue praying. If he kept his praying, kept his eyes closed, he wouldn't have seen Rebecca walk down. So we got to ask ourselves, when it comes to comforting people, are we seeing their needs? Are we meeting their needs? Are we praying specifically for them? But are we also living with a flexibility to help them and do what God's called us to do? Number three for us to say a way we can bring comfort to others is this. Share our answered prayer to show God's work. Share our answered prayer to show God's work. Church, There needs to be a look, there needs to be a celebration in who our God is. We need to celebrate the win, we need to bring hope. People need to see that there is power in prayer. You skip through on Genesis 24, we'll look at verse 33. He goes on to recap the servant to this man by the layman and and Rebecca's father. And then he says this in verse 3, Then Food was served, but Abraham's servant said, I don't want to eat until I have told you why I have come. So at this point, the servant knew he found the one for his master, Isaac. He found that specific person. He obeyed, he prayed, and he found, and he was successful. He was, lit, he was lighted up in his heart. He was rejoicing. God showed up. And you know what he does? 
he shares that prayer. He shares the whole sequence of events with Rebecca's family. We need to share our prayers, our answered prayers. I think there's numerous ways or reasons why we don't share our answered prayers. One, our answered prayers might be answered and we might have people around us whose prayers aren't answered. That, that can bring some friction, some tension. There's maybe those moments when you pray small prayers and to other people that might seem like, oh, it's just a small prayer, that doesn't matter, but it might be big to you. You might pray a prayer and maybe it's a little more intimate and, and need-filled. Maybe it's too spiritual. Maybe it's you, you scratch your head and, and you're like, man, God an- answered that and you just, you're perplexed, you're dumbfounded. In your life, whenever we're praying and when we're talking about, God, hear my prayer, hear my cries. When you share your prayer with people, your answered prayer, you're bringing hope to someone's life. You're bringing comfort to someone's life. You're you're giving them like, hey, there's something at the end of the road. I think as a church, we gotta be more knowing what we're for than what we're against. Like, God, this is what I'm praying for. This was answered. God, this is what happened in my life. This was answered. This is what personally happened just this week. Got news of it today. As we close, I want to share this story. Um, as you may know, you know, having a, a, a child is expensive, especially this day and age. We're hit with a medical bill that we didn't really see coming. And, you know, medical bills, it's, you look at that thing and you scratch your head and you're like, wow. Uh, we were praying and we we're doing diligent and we we're doing our due diligence and just like, all right, well, we'll keep, we'll, we'll make payments. We'll do what we have to do. There's been some turmoil on, on the personal front. And uh, today we caught news of this week of prayer of God. Please help us. Like, we don't know what to do. Provide. We get news today that there was some mishap with our insurance as far as you know, them getting the report and there was just a bunch of complications. Just, just it seemed like an administration hiccup, honestly, is what we could see. So we call and get it worked out. Not only did our medical bill get wiped away, but we actually made money. And like, I'm scratching my head and I'm like, wow, God, like, thank you. When, I, when I'm sitting there and I'm stressing and I'm like, oh man, God, I don't know. But, but I do believe this. I want you to hear me. When we're living in obedience, when we're praying that God's going to do something big in your life, when we're saying, God, bring success. God, bring blessing. God, we're going to bring that comfort to others. We want to lift others up. One of the greatest things we can do is encouraging people by sharing our story, sharing our answered prayers. Don't ever be ashamed of that. We see this at the very end, the story that I read very beginning because it started with a prayer Isaac a a nation is birthed comfort was brought comfort was provided because a servant prayed 
So today, no matter where you're at, I want to encourage you, pray, because it brings comfort to others. If you'll bow your heads with me, we're in a closing prayer. Lord, we give you this time right now, and we say thank you, and uh, as we reflect on your word, as we worship you tonight, as we sing hallelujah, Lord, for those who are in this place, who are battling different circumstances, different uh, situations, I, I pray over them. I pray that you touch them, move them, and, and bless them in a radical way that we can't even uh, imagine or put into context. And God, right now, we also lift you up, and we pray for those who are not in this room, who are not watching online, but those who are outside these walls. We pray a special blessing over them. Lord, you see them and you see their needs. God, provide. God, bless. God, move in a way and may your kingdom be shown out and shown through and may lives forever be changed because of what you do and who you are and the prayers prayed. It is your goodness that you allow prayer to be an impactful force in this world. And for that, we are thankful. And for that, we are grateful. In your holy name, we all say amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.